Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hello, and welcome to the New European Podcast. My name's Richard Porritt, and I'm joined by Steve Anglesey. Hello, snowflakes. Hello, Richard. Hello. Thank you. Am I not a snowflake? No. Am I really not? I think you probably are one, yeah. Which bits do you think I'm snowflakey on? Just the uh, top half. <laughs> I, I d- well, there is. I do like avocado on toast. Avocado on toast. Mm. Smashed. I, I like it with a bit of um, parma ham as well. Oh, do you? That's probably not that snowflakey because it's not ham. vegan, is it? I like it with a bit of um, some crushed chilies on it. Oh, I know what you like, and um, when your birth, we've had your birthday, haven't What's, we? What kind of toast is it, by the way? It'd be Warburton's for you, or oh, yeah. something like yeah, that. Just well, I, as a, I just get those little oh, loaves. I'm a sourdough for me because I'm part of the elite, obviously. I never finished the loaf of bread, elite. Though, you know, so you can get those really tiny little loaves, can't you? Oh yeah, but the problem is the bread's not as big, so no. you've got to toast like four just to get a normal. Anyway, some anyway. people say this podcast <laughs> is too rambly, but. I disagree. Um, welcome. I say this at the beginning of every pod, but what a week. We have finally got our general election. Or Boris has finally got his. I'm not sure anyone else really wants one, do they? Well, I don't know. I well, mean, it's, you know, you and I are political junkies, aren't we? And this is sort of, this is the big score, isn't it? This is when we are rushing on our run and we feel just like Jesus' son. This is As Lou, um, uh, Lou Reed once This said. is our World Cup, although I must say I'm what we're, th- we're three days in and I've clocked up, um, you, you are my boss and I am counting these hours, yeah, it's good. I've clocked up um, 36 in three days. That's good. 36 hours, that is. Yeah, excellent. If uh, you can just push it to <laughs> a, little, a little more, just show your commitment. No, but of course, I'm loving every minute of it, and I'm sure you are as well, yes. listener. We will get to the news... We've already broken some news there for some of the listeners who well, probably we have. haven't, because we know a lot of people come here well, for their news, don't they? So they will now be going, oh my God, there's a general election. Um, but there is more news. And Why then, didn't I hear this on the MSM? The yeah. <laughs> yes. Why aren't the MSM talking about this? <laughs> What's this thing all over Twitter currently blaming the MSN for not reporting on Notice. some Swedish bombs or something? Oh, I don't know. Oh, nuts. 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 And then... We will do a Brexiteer of the Week. Well, we will, yeah. So that's exciting. Yes, it's always exciting to crown a Brexiteer of the Week, especially in this week of week of weeks. Week of weeks, and what, another, another five or six weeks of chaos to come. Yes. Um, we've, got, we've, got some, we've got some special things lined up, haven't we, before the, before we the election? We're going, to have some, we're going to have some guests on the phone before uh, the election. And we will we'll also, I've been thinking, Steve, I'm going to throw this at from, you. From leave and... From Remain, yes, because from left and from right. Because even though there have often been problems with our sound here on the New European Podcast, this is not an echo chamber. <laughs> <laughs> very droll-ish. Ish, yeah. um, uh, but we do have some very strong beliefs with regard to Remain. And Steve, the big question I think is, at the, at the get-go here, how can Remain win this election? Well, it's going to be difficult, isn't it? <laughs> it's going to be difficult. Yes. Um, maybe, you know, maybe think when you see uh, the um, Servation poll, I think it was, um, which came out on Thursday, and uh, in fact it wasn't, it was an Ipsos Mori poll for the Evening Standard, which came out on Thursday and had the Conservative 17, 17 points up on Labour that, at 41 
percent. Can I just make a, a just a, a, a small point of order? And my apologies for butting in. It usually is me that butts in with rambling nonsense, and yes. then we don't, and then we don't speak about Brexit for half an hour. But just a quick point. Um, I used to work at the Evening Standard. Love the paper. Why is George Osborne put like Halloween ghosts and pumpkins and spiders webs on the masthead? Oh, I don't know. What is he thinking? I don't know. Back to that poll. Uh, so when you see that poll, all things look fairly bleak. When you look at the betting exchanges, you know things look a little, a little um, more interesting, don't they? The, the, the sort of the, the 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 medium point, the the point where you can say when you, where you can bet on um, whether the Conservatives are going to get more seats than this or fewer seats than this is 320, right. which is what you would. I mean, 320 would be a majority, wouldn't it? With with Sinn Fein doing what they, you know, it'd be an effective yeah, majority yeah. with Sinn Fein doing what they do. Yeah. Um, but it's not exactly comfortable. It's and not. the SNP, Labour, and the Lib Dems together, I think, predicted to to get about three hundred and eleven seats on that. Uh, on that, so it's it's so it's tighter than it it's it might be tighter than it appears. So if we look to the desert or the bookies, that's what they call it in America. Look to the desert. Yes, that's yeah, good. Yeah. Yes. Um, I, I'm am t- I'm, t- no, I'm plugged in. I'm yeah. plugged in with the Yankee Doodle Dandy speak. So we've looked at yeah, <laughs> we have looked at those. And, uh, but the, uh, people say that, don't they? You know, you look at the bookies. Yeah, exactly. Follow the um, money. That's yeah. that, that's the that's the, the you know the surest way to, to see what is going on. That's the that's the best guess. And you know, three hundred and twenty for the Conservatives. That's only three more than Theresa May won in twenty seventeen. Around three hundred and twenty is what they think that the Conservatives are going to get. And you 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 know you can bet higher or lower than that. Uh, Labour at two two three would be significantly down on last time mm. obviously the Lib Dems they're saying around 37 seats the SNP around 51 seats both of those seem you know I don't know about the Labour one but the, 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 the both of those seem feasible to me so I was looking I was doing and that would bring about the sort of chaos that Jess Phillips was talking about this week wasn't she when when you know, when she—I mean, she made a, a couple of really good interventions. Mm. Um, I she's thought. Good, isn't I, she? I mean, she's just good. She's just a, a class act, isn't she? Yeah. Who, who has great cut through, I think. And um, and you know, she was saying, "Well, nobody is ta- nobody here is talking about what happens if we come back, and the composition of the house is pretty much the same as it is now, and it is a very real thing um, because of." You know, complacency can be a factor. We talked about that 17-point lead. Now, you know in this election, hard remain are going to turn out, largely for the Lib Dems, I would have thought. Yes, yes. You know the SNP are going to turn out, and I would imagine that they are going to win, you know, if not 51, then certainly in the high 40s in Scotland, largely Mm -hmm. at the expense of the Tories. It did quite well last time. You know momentum are going to turn out. Yeah, and you know that the hard Brexiteers, the Brexit Party, are going to turn out as well. Isn't that everyone in the country? Well, what do you think we're going to have a hundred percent turnout? But is it the Conservatives? You know, are the yeah. Conservatives going to be complacent and go, "This is easy," and will they possibly stay at home, or you know, are the Conservatives going to scare them about Jeremy Corbyn's chances? You know, well, well, Labour are polling twenty three, twenty four percent. Yeah, <laughs> that doesn't really seem likely, does it? I. I... My, my gut still tells me that I, that the Tories are, are going to do better than that, and I think the reason is I've just I'll tell you what I, I, I've just been doing a bit of research about the 1923 general election. Yes, which was the last time we had a December election. Yes, and there are some interesting parallels. There always are when you try and uh, compare any election to any other election. There are parallels, but there was a very gloom. It's a very gloomy nation in 1923. Mm. Um, the uh, out here in the east of England, where we're based, um, the, all the all the farm labourers were on strike. Okay. Stuff rotting in the fields. Ooh. Sounds sound sounds familiar. familiar. Um, and and what what happened then, of course, was that the Tories won, but a Lib Lab pact. Yes. Um, actually, put Ramsay Macdonald in number ten for a year or so. For, yeah. uh, it was less than I think it was about eight or nine months. Was it? Yeah. Um, but you know, minority government. It was chaos. But um, but there is a possibility of that chaos afterwards. I, I really think there is. Yeah, there is. But I, but, but I think I, I wouldn't I wouldn't bet against the Tories getting the twenty twenty five C majority. No, or, or or even more. But mm. you know, there are some assumptions, aren't there? Are they going to, you know, are they going to seize these rugby league towns from Labour that they've been talking about? 
you know, they, those are places that have not voted Conservative for generations, if if ever. And and you know, is Boris Johnson really held in in that high a regard? There are those are a lot of those Leave votes going to go directly to the Brexit Party, depending. Well, I on, thought I thought on what um, they do or not. I thought Seda Varsi, Baroness Varsi, on. Um, who I have mixed feelings about, but I knew her before she was a Tory. I knew her when she was just the daughter of a of a mattress uh, mattress factory owner. Really? Yeah, because she used to she used to write a column. She was a she was um, mattress in Mattress Weekly. I think it was. I think he was a mattress. A really nice family. I think they, I think they had a mattress factory or, or something along those lines. Mattress magnet. They uh, yes they um, well, you wouldn't want magnets in your mattress. Well, maybe not. Because no. if you were, st- you know, if you wore your watch, you'd just get dragged into bed all the that time. That would be funny, which it? happens to me quite a lot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, she was, uh, she was a, a wannabe MP, I think. Yes. And she used to write a little column for the local paper in Dewsbury. Yes. And then, which is where I started out um, in in your illustrious career, Newsbury, as we called it. <laughs> And um, uh, and we uh, my lovely partner's son lives in Dewsbury, by the way. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's unfortunate. He's always for him. making the news. <laughs> it's big news. See, Dewsbury—it's never sunny in Dewsbury, even in even in the summer. I can't ever remember it being sunny. And I, I worked there as a student as well in the, in the Sainsbury's. I'm not actually from Dewsbury, but it's not far away from where I'm from. And the gr- the sky is always grey. We'll get complaints about this, won't we, from people from in Dewsbury? From people in Dewsbury. But the, uh, the people Not of Dewsbury, from Callum, though, he doesn't listen to the podcast. The people, I don't think we've got many listeners in Dewsbury. The people of Dewsbury are lovely, they're salt of the earth, but it just always seems to be overcast and, and drizzly. But anyway, um, she was she was a, a wannabe MP, and then I covered, as a, as a more senior journalist, covered her tilt at, um, at a seat in 2005 when she stood in Dewsbury against... Um, Oh, I can't remember his name now. He got he got um, caught up in the expenses scandal. Malik was it? Say say I can't remember. Anyway, he won. It was a really nasty, um, really nasty election, but fascinating to fascinating to watch. Um, but she made a very good point on Peston this week, mm. where she said, "You know, I've been knocking on doors in towns like uh, well, she she said around Wakefield, um, which would include Dewsbury, Morley, etc." Uh, for, for years and years, and the th- as a Tory, and the thought that suddenly these white working class, died in the wool Labour voters, are just going to switch because of Boris Johnson, seems like a nonsense. It does seem. It seems a bit far fetched to me. I mean, it seems more likely to me that they are going to win back some of the things that they lost in twenty seventeen. Um, th- well, I don't know. And, but but that they are, you know, they're going to struggle again in London and in Scotland. Yes. Yes, I think that's probably the case, and but I, I can't. I, ca- I can just I can see. I mean, I'm, uh, the, the Lib Dem. I, this is a great moment for the Lib Dems, and clearly, that, well, I was told that there was some private polling that made them suddenly change their mind and say yes, general right. election well, right now. Yes, presumably. Um, and and that you know those figures that you read out there from the from the uh, from the bookies would would seem to suggest that that would be. I think what was there. Was their best as the Liberal Democrats for about fifty-eight seats? Fifty-seven or fifty-eight, wasn't um, it? Was so that would here. be a real return, you know, and probably quicker than they would have imagined after two thousand and fifteen, after yes. that wipeout. Um, so that would be a massive turnaround. The, the timing, the timing has worked really well, um, and I don't know if this was part of of the plan. I mean, we always knew that Vince was going to hand over to Joe Swinson, I think, yep. didn't we? But but was this actually part of a plan? We're not going to be far away from a general election. She's young. She's she's. She appears to be competent at this stage, but yep. the general election campaign will shine a light on that. Um, and she's female, and she's she's not tarnished with any of this no. crap that's gone before. And and she's got a very they've got a very clear policy on Brexit. Yes, that's right. Um, so uh, uh, you know, th- what did you say? Thirty eight seats. 30, well, she's thirty seven, around thirty seven. So, you know. It's. Um, they have said no coalition, haven't they? They have said no coalition, but they, you know, <laughs> yeah, we'll they have see. to say that, didn't they? Yeah, we'll I, see. Yeah, well, she is Britain's next prime minister. 
Yes, that's apparently. what that leaflet says. Britain's next prime minister. Did that's you also right. see that, that that leaflet looked like it had been designed by someone who was smoking too much weed in 1978? <laughs> <laughs> that old bubble right here. Yeah, it was quite strange looking, wasn't it? I was expecting a review of Pink Floyd's new uh, <laughs> <laughs> new long player or something. Uh, yes, but she. You're right. She needs to have a good campaign, and she needs people to fall in love with her in the same way that they fell in love with Nick Clegg, don't they? It can't um, be much worse, I don't think, can it, than um, than uh, the Lib Dem's last campaign. Well, where Tim <laughs> Farron just, you know... Tim Farron just exploded he before did, our he eyes. In yeah. Marc Francois style, he did, yes. But, you know, there's other wild cards, isn't there? There what is. What about, you know... I mean, Boris Johnson. What have they been <coughs> holding back about Boris Johnson? Ooh. What have people been sitting on for just this moment about Boris Johnson? That will be the, the press team's fear. What, and what happens? What is the answer when somebody says to Boris Johnson, how many children have you got? And he says, well, I don't talk about that. And they go, no, we're not moving on until you tell me. You tell the country how many children you have. You know, that's an interesting moment. And it will happen, I think. So what about televised debates? Do you think we're going to have that? Um, I wrote a column earlier this week saying expect an argument about televised debates and whether we're going to have them. Do you think Boris will try and get off the hook? I think he'll probably try and wriggle off the hook. I think Boris Johnson will think that he can do well in a televised debate. Um, But, but 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 I think that he's... Yeah, but Dominic Cummings might hold him back because because he knows that he's sort of that that sort of rambling style where he's effectively reading out one of his old Telegraph or Spectator columns, yeah. which he which he you know he tried on occasion. He tried in the in the the, the debate on on Monday, didn't he? And it, he made a, a terrible, really terrible speech. I thought. I think Joe Swinson needs to have a televised debate. It'd be massive for Lib Dems, especially if it's a. A three-way one that doesn't include Sturgeon, where she can go. You can choose between these two squabbling men, or you can choose a different way. Um, I also think if it's if it is a um, if it is a, a, a five-way one with with the SNP and, and Plaid Cymru, or six-way with the Brexit Party, again her and Sturgeon sort of buddy up in the way that they uh, that. Um, I agree with Joe. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I think that you know Sturgeon, mean, Sturgeon and Leanne Wood and Natalie Bennett together uh, uh, with the Greens formed a quite a, an effective yes. thing in, in twenty fifteen. I mean, the they? TV isn't as good when you've got when you get beyond four or five. In my yes, opinion, exactly. it's not as good. But it would be harsh, I think, on Nicola Sturgeon, and I've no, you know, I've, there's no love lost um, on my part. But um, it, it would be harsh for her not to be included in a debate. I think. Mm, well, do, yeah. do you not agree? I mean, it's just just a, th- a three-way would be harsh, I think. Yes, um, but it'd be great for Joe Swinson to get involved in that, and I think. It, well, I think it, she needs it. I think she absolutely. needs to sell herself to people. But, but what I mean, she had I, a bit of a tricky time with Andrew Neil in her first sort of election. <clears throat> I don't uh, think she's as slick a performer, um, and I think we'll see that. I can, but I, I still think she'll have a good campaign. I think Lib Dems will have a good campaign, and, and you know, uh, and, and good luck to them. But. I, I still think she's a little bit rough around the edges. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, th- I think I, I hear certain things from um, from a couple of uh, Lib Dem sources that say, you know, she's, it, it does appear that butter wouldn't melt. But, you know, I think if to get to the top of a political party, you've got to have a bit of, you've got to be a bit sharp as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, she's... Uh, you Good. Know. She's prepared to roll her sleeves up. I think so. I think so. Um, uh, but we, you know, we will, we will see. I'd be fascinated to see um, to see a, t- a televised debate. I mean, I, I, a lot of people. Uh, Two thousand ten was the first time we had them, and um, and I um, was was you know worked on them, and the, and and it was um, it's fantastic theatre, and there was a, there was a lot of pushback even from not, from non politicians. So this isn't how we do politics in Britain, you know, televised TV. It's an American thing. Yes, but I think they're fantastic. And I think I think that you know we they, they should be they should have to do them. I think it's unfair that a, that a, a sitting um, prime minister can get out of doing them. Mm. Um, yes, I, I, I absolutely do. But you know they will try. It's funny, isn't it? They, in opposition, they want them as soon as they're prime minister, they don't. I mean, it's yeah, shameless, yeah. absolutely shameless. Um, Boris Johnson, though, has got some worries beyond probably to worry about before they get to the televised debate. I've yeah. just written a very speculative story about whether he's going to, 
whether he's going to stand in a, in a safer Tory seat rather than Uxbridge and South Ryslip. What do you reckon? I think he will stand and win in Uxbridge and South <laughs> Ryslip. Well, I agree, and I think I, I think the the main reason for that is if he was to switch to a safe seat. All of a sudden, Labour would just spend the entire campaign saying, you're running scared. Yes, exactly. It's not a good look. He's just going to have to win that seat. I also think that he will win that seat. Mm. Um, I think he, you know he, the vote there was, was halved. Of course, Labour are going to throw everything at it because, um, because it, it, it's the PMC, you know. But I think the last time, I think the last time a leader was, um, was defeated in the election was some time ago and I can't remember who it is now but he wasn't the Prime Minister no I, I um, mean I, he resigned I, I can't. Oh, who was it I can't remember but the last time um, yeah but I mean here's something of course don't think that just because Boris gets beaten at Bridge and South Ryslip he stops being our Prime Minister no that's right yeah. <laughs> he doesn't yeah he doesn't no. he can appoint himself a Lord yes and um, and rule the country from the Lords and that, well, but also he can't. He very quickly suggests that somebody resigns and there's a quick by-election. Oh, I'm sure, he would do all that. But I mean, he wouldn't have to. Yeah, he yeah. would still be prime minister. I mean, I think the, you know, the, there has been some polling done in Uxbridge, hasn't there? Private polling, yeah, and, yeah. and you know, that seems to indicate that the Lib Dems are polling quite well. It's a funny constituency, actually, and, because and they were way behind in in 2017, weren't they? The Labour candidate. Um, whose name escapes me for a second? I can't remember. Uh, is is oh, he's a young chap. Is, he's, he's, he's a young guy. 25. He talks. He, he talks very well. He's had some issues I with anti-Semitic tweets some, in the in the issues. past, which he's spun very well into saying, "Well, I've apologised that. Why doesn't Boris Johnson apologise for saying yeah. people like me are letterboxes and um, bank yes. robbers?" Um, I have but, mixed feelings on that one, I'm afraid. But yeah, I mean, I think when you when you look at these, it would be really, it'd be great, wouldn't it, if we could go into this election and say a lot of the big Brexiteers, you know, are un, under threat, and the reality of that. Yeah, let's do that. Who's under threat? The, well, the reality of that <laughs> is that all our TV Brexit favourites are not really under threat, yeah. unfortunately. Mark Francois has got a majority of uh, twenty three thousand plus, as oh, has yeah. Dominic Raab. Mm. John Redwood and Pretty Patel both got 18,000 majorities, Liam Fox 17,000, Bridging 13,000. And you go down to, you go to Jacob Rees-Mogg, and there's a lot of noise about Jacob Rees-Mogg, isn't there, because there's been this poll in his constituency which seems to indicate that the Lib Dems are only six points behind him. I think Labour were second to him last time, Mm. and he had a majority of about 10,000. The poll sort of, says that the but when you read a bit deeper that poll asks you to imagine what would happen if it was a a two-way fight between the conservatives and the lib dems and the actual figures are something like uh in a a three-way split are something like 44 percent for for the reese mogg 28 percent for the lib dems and 15 16 percent for labor so i don't think that is going to happen the ones that are really vulnerable are sort of second division Brexiteers. Theresa Villiers has got a majority of 360-odd mm-hmm. in Chipping Barnet, yeah. and there's a good Labour candidate. Emma Weissall is good. Bob Blackman uh, in Harrow East, I think, will probably lose as a good, um, uh, a really good local candidate. Bob Blackman, I think, is probably going to lose in Harrow East to a good Labour candidate who set up the uh, a local law centre. Uh, a weird one is, is Wickham. Which is, which leading Brexiteer is that? Do you know? Oh, um, Wickham. It's the centre of the ERG. Oh, Baker. It's Steve Baker. Yeah, yeah, now, yeah. he's got a majority of just over 6,000, and he's got a really good candidate, Khalil Ahmed, who was the, the, the mayor um, of Wickham for quite a long time, and his, his, his son was the victim. He survived thankfully, but was a victor of knife crime a couple of years oh ago. Um, so he is a good candidate, yeah. and Labour managed to knock about... Uh, his Baker's majority in, in 2015 was about 15,000, so right, he's right. already lost that. That's There's a lot of those. A lot, there was a, some, some really meaty chunks taken out of some big Tory yeah, majorities. Yeah. The, the one to watch, I think, is in Chingford and Woodford Green. Yeah. Which is, of course, yeah. the quiet man. Yeah. Uh, IDS. Uh, 
Remain vote there was about 51% in that constituency. He disputes that. He says it was 51% leave. Right. Um, but it's very split. Even though it's an Essex constituency, it's a real sort of, you know, Chingford is yeah. sort of yeah. London, isn't it? Yeah, it is, yeah. London overspill and a very good Labour candidate. So, uh, Pfizer Shahi. So that'll be one to keep an eye on on, uh, on results now. It would be. Could I, IDS go? But the idea that all these, you know, golems of Brexit, Francois... Uh, bridging people like that, Rhys Mogg are going to go. I think is a little bit fanciful. Yeah, uh, and I still and I think Boris will win easily. Yeah, I think I think, but I could even see Boris um, adding. Yeah, adding I would to, have thought so. Um, so, so d- despite what the likes of me might write, I, d- I think that Boris is probably staying put. Do you think that he has been damaged in any way by Britain not leaving the EU well, on the thirty first of uh, October? Extraordinary that he hasn't, and I don't think he has. It's extraordinary because he, he's he's had one policy. All he said is, "We're going, we're leaving on October thirty yes. first. And his one policy that he's had since he took over—it's about 100, 101 days now, one hundred and two days—has failed. Yeah, <laughs> one thing you had to do. You had to do one thing. Yeah, you had one job, um, and he and he's failed. But I don't think it's damaged him at all. No, um, I did like Jeremy Corbyn's joke. I mean, people said. People didn't realise it was a joke, but I thought it was quite a good joke. Did Jeremy realise it was a joke? When he said, the Prime Minister said he would die in a ditch (laughs) if we didn't leave on the 31st, another promise broken. (laughs) I thought that was a very good joke. And he has got a little spring in his step this week, hasn't he, Jeremy Corbyn? He loves this, doesn't he? His joke about Burko was very good, wasn't it? Oh, come on, I missed it. He said, uh, I hope you'll indulge me for a minute to speak about you. I'm sure you will. <laughs> um, and he has got a little gleam. The little gleam is in the eye. Well, so. you know what? Of course, we haven't even mentioned it. It seems like a million years ago now. But um, but it was a little bit of a shock, I think, on on um, on when Labour changed their mind. Yes. After after after. So on on Mon- God, this just seemed like a million years ago, doesn't yes, it? Yes. So only Monday this evening, he didn't get his. Um, Fixed term Parliament Act needs a supermajority. Labour abstain doesn't go through. Yep. What t- twelve hours later? Yeah, yeah. Labour yeah. go. Yeah, we'll vote for it now. But already by Monday night, you <coughs> sort of knew that Labour were going oh, to. Oh, it was going to happen. Yeah, happening. that it was that it was going to happen. And uh, and and I'm told that there were still dissenting voices around Jeremy Corbyn saying yes. this is ludicrous, this is madness. Well, there was talk of. Front bench resignations, wasn't there in the uh, in the in the Labour camp? There was a brilliant tweet, and forgive me, it was one of my um, one of my colleagues in the in the lobby, and I can't remember who it was, but it was a funny tweet. She said, um, "I oh, I've just I've just sent uh, oh it was Jennifer Jennifer Williams at the Manchester News. She oh, yes. said uh, I've just been speaking to a Labour MP, and I said, what do you think about the general election? And the text came back, and it just said Labour won't win." <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! <laughs> uh, but various things didn't happen, did they? Do you remember the program Danger UXB? I think you're a little bit young for this. Uh, it was sort of in the. I reckon it was sort of early eighties. Right. Well, I was alive, but and probably had, not watching too much TV. It had in it Anthony Andrews, who appeared in Brideshead Revisited. Yes, I know Anthony Andrews. It had yeah. in it Ian Cuthbertson, who oh. appeared in Budgie, big Scottish bloke, yes, yes, early yes, guy. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. It had in it Maurice Reeves, who appeared in Tutti Frutti, and he was also in Star Trek The Next Generation, bizarrely. Oh, I hate Star Trek. And it had in it Judy Geeson, who appeared in quite a lot of my dreams as an adolescent. Go on, tell uh, me about Judy. What uh, was she in? Judy Geeson, she was, in, well, she was in Please Sir and the Fen Street Gang, um, and she was the sister of, of Sally Geeson, and they were sort of, you know... Related. They were, well, they were sisters, yeah, yeah as I've wow. said. Um, but they were sort of, you know, 1970s TV TV pinups, I would say. Fantastic. Um, yes, uh, and she had a sort of minor film career, Judy Jason. This is fun- fascinating, Steve. Um, but Danger UXB, but Danger UXF, because unexploded Mark Francois. He said <laughs> that he he said, did he say that he would? He didn't say. He said Britain would explode. That's right. Which has led to a lot of fun on Twitter. If we didn't leave on the 31st. And of course, Boris Johnson didn't die in a ditch. But we're uh, yeah, well, yes, but and, and I can confirm. We'll just double check out the window there, Steve. 
Yep, Britain hasn't exploded. It's yet to explode. Although perhaps it is, it's like the Big Bang and it started in, but really slow. Oh, that's Maybe true. Maybe it started in rural Scotland. Yes. And it'll get to us Wednesday next week or something. Yeah, well, maybe, yeah. Um, the countdown clock in central office, do you know about this? Still uh, run, it was still running at clock. lunchtime on Thursday. Was it really? It was, yeah. <laughs> uh, so um, there was some speculation that they were going to... Dominic Cummings was going to climb in and get in the back of it and turn <laughs> it into an election countdown clock. But it was still a Brexit clock on Thursday. Brilliant. brilliant. And um, a triumph for James Cleverly, that, of course, who, who tweeted out that picture of himself pointing to the countdown clock. <laughs> uh, it was great. It was so good. On James, I mean, James Cleverly has been made such a fool of himself during this yes. whole thing, hasn't yes, he? Yes, he has, rather. Even, even last Sunday, he was on Andrew Marr, and they said, well, it's not going to happen on the 31st, is it? And he said, That's, that remains our exit date. No, it doesn't. <laughs> Everybody knows that. So, oh, bless him. But yes, uh, Britain has failed to explode. What did you think, and just quickly, um, what did you think about um, Corbyn's, Corbyn's sort of launch? It's an early launch, isn't it? We haven't even dissolved Parliament yet, but he sort of launched. Yeah, it's a light launch. Battersea, light launch. Light launch. Um, light launch. Um, he he said uh, he he was he, he was taunting again um, Boris Johnson wasn't he over his uh, over his failure to um, either do Brexit or die yes uh, failed at both of those things you could see he failed twice there so I suppose they are connected uh, but he he's come out with his new his new sort of slogan yes um, I wonder where he got this from cool he said he's going to get Brexit sorted get Brexit <laughs> sorted. <laughs> Remind you of anything? Well, I mean, it's, it's like it's yeah, like it um, seems quite familiar, doesn't it? Get Brexit like, sorted, like uh, uh, like Panda Cola from Aldi or something. Yes, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> it's. Um, uh, I was slightly worried on when was it on Wednesday when he said in the House of Commons the Labour Party loves a bit of banter, and I thought yeah. that was going to be that's that would be that would be good. The Labour Party loves a bit of banter. Get but, banter done. Yeah, but the. I was thinking, you know, when the NEC um, sit and do all these um, disciplinary panels, you know, and some some naughty uh, anti anti Semites in front, you can always go, "Wow, it's just bants, isn't it? It's yeah. just bants, just a bit of bants." Yeah, uh, I can't think of anybody less like. Well, who would you? Who, who would be the Labour Party's king of bants? Uh, Richard Burgon. Bants. <laughs> 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 King of Bants. He keeps having Bants with Kay Burley, doesn't he? I think the ki- Labour's King of Bants is actually... Uh, Barry Gardner? He's actually friend of the pod, uh, Clive Lewis. Clive Lewis. He does like a bit. He's genuinely Bants. He is genuinely Bants. Sometimes his Bants is a little... Yeah. He's been in the forces. He's been a journalist. Yes, that's right. He's Bantosaurus. He is. Bantosaurus Rex. He's <laughs> epic Bants. <laughs> Uh, who are Barry Gardiner though? He's, he's not. He's not Bants friendly, is he? No. Diane Abbott. Oh no, I don't. She's think not for Bants. She's not for Bants. She's she's more for um, for drinking on trains. Yes. Which to which I. Um, I salute her. Yeah. Also, I didn't think it, I, I meant to bring this up at the time because I felt a little bit sorry for. Jess Phillips is Bants friendly, isn't oh, she? Oh, she's good for a Bant. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I I feel I felt a bit sorry for Diane Abbott, and that is rare. Let me tell you, but when she was having her gin in a can, yeah, she wasn't doing anyone any harm. Um, you know, it's not like she were lobbing cans or, or you know, or, or um, getting involved in kissing situations with other passengers. No, you wouldn't want that, <laughs> would you? No, and you know, she was just happily having a gin and tonic on a train. Leave her alone. But it was an overground train, as far as I'm aware. Yes. Now, whenever I get on a train, it's one of those places you can have a drink. You get your cans in a little plastic bag. Ten in the morning. I mean, not if you're going to work at the yeah. other end, you know. Yeah, yeah. And it's frowned upon in the in the in the AM, definitely. But if you get on a train half two, three o'clock on a Wednesday, I think first. You play, think it's can o'clock, do you? Can o'clock. As long as you've not got anything to do afterwards. Yeah, you know, yeah. Just get on the tins. It's like it's like airport. Now airports are different rules again. Well, that's that all, is all time is suspended. Yeah, whenever. So if you get to an airport at six a.m., pint, definitely you've got to. Yes. Unless you've got work at the other end, or, or you're flying the plane, they don't like that. 
I may have told this story on this podcast before. Excuse me if I haven't, but the first time that I ever um, I ever went in an airport lounge, I got upgraded and they put me in an airport the lounge. The first time? Oh, I see. Right, right and sorry. The, so the, fir- the first time this what ever happened to me... the first time you ever went in an airport? No, no, no. You got upgraded? I was, a young, I was a young journalist. I was probably about 21, mm-hmm. uh, and I was going to America to... Who were you working for? A, I was working for a, a, a publisher that did American sports things. Cool. And I was going to cover an American football game, probably the Super Bowl, and so um, I got in this BA executive lounge at Heathrow, I'd never been in one before. Ooh, all like, I can imagine it's like Mad Men. There was no one in there, <laughs> apart from one bloke at the bar, I went and ordered, you know, a beer, it was about six o'clock in the morning, and the bloke who was next to me stumbled into me and knocked his... He's drinking red wine, knocked his red wine all over himself. It's the two of us in a massive place. He was quite, and it was, and it, I, he sort of went, "Oh, I'm, I'm very sorry. Excuse me." And it was, it was, it was the, um, it was the late great Frank Boff. Wow. Yeah. That's a great story. I think you have told that. Yeah, yeah. And it was, the, it was, uh, and then about a year later, the, the stories about Frank Boff's personal troubles yeah, yeah. emerged. Well, I've only been upgraded and had lounge access twice. Which is pretty poor because I've I've flown a lot when you're on a sort of press pass or whatever. Yes, you know, yeah. The first time, one time was perfectly nice and it was a BA and I was going to New York. But the, the other time was I was flying, and I'm pretty sure this is the name, I'm not sure they exist anymore, and it was at Manchester Airport, Czech Airways. Czech Airways. And they shared an executive lounge with a couple of other right, <laughs> sort yeah. of minor airlines. Luxembourg Air. Yeah. Vatican <laughs> City. And yeah. there were me and a few of the few of the journalists who managed to get to business class as well. And a, uh, so um, on the plane, so we're upgr- we had lounge access upgraded, and we went into the lounge, you know, excitedly. And I swear to God, there was a table, much like you would find in any office, and it had plastic school chairs around it. And there, oh, there was gosh. there was a bar, um, but it it wasn't it was certainly nothing to get excited about. It was just basically a room that you could sit in where right. the other passengers couldn't go. No, Frank Boff. No, no snacks on the bar. I mean, but the beer lounge is nice. I, I was at Heathrow as well. There was some years in between, and it is nice. Yeah, it was very nice. We yeah. then got on. We then got shown onto business class, and there was no difference. You were just at the front of the plane. <laughs> <laughs> so my excitement somewhat waned. Steve, is there anything you'd like to add? Only that we should come back with the Brexiteer of the week. Brexiteer of the week. Welcome back. It is time, Steve, to crown a Brexiteer of the Week. And I was thinking, I was thinking, and we'll, we'll formulate this in our heads, so don't only pencil it into your diaries, mm. listener and Steve. Which I'm, I'm sort of presenting you with this live. But we should do, like, um, like a, a, an early morning after the election poll oh, results, a live election like pod. a live election pod, and we could do an election... Brexiteer of the week, you know, of all the election campaign, Brexiteer of the a Brexiteer of the general election. This would be great. Yeah, yeah. you so do realise I will be in drink at that point. <laughs> no matter what. No more happens. than you are now. It will be it will be win or lose on the booze. I would imagine, but there you go. <laughs> well, I won't be. That's my so usual code I, for these things. I will look after. And it I will stood look me after in you. good stead over the years. Don't worry, you can rely on me. I shall be perfectly sober until probably about four o'clock. Marvelous in the afternoon. In the afternoon, yes, the of course. <laughs> yes, in the afternoon, I should be working. I love a, I love an election through her. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's good. I'm trying to think. Longest one. I think longest one might have been last time because I started at eight in the morning. Yeah. And oh, I'll just tell you the story quickly, shall I? Go on. I started. So I started at eight in the morning on polling day. Yes. And then obviously right through the night. And um, will she get a hundred seat majority? We were saying. Oh, well, that's what I predicted. Yeah, I don't think I was predicting it by that stage, but early doors I did. And um, uh, and then we did a we did a, a, a we did a, a Facebook Live. Gee, I don't know if the listeners are aware what a Facebook oh, yeah, Live yeah, is, yeah, but it's like where you broadcast live on yeah, Facebook yeah. and you talk. And the uh, the headline on the Facebook Live so it shows all the videos you've done on the screen. Yes. And the last one that you've done chronologically is, is bigger than all the rest. Yes. And the headline across the top was general election analysis. Duh. Right. Okay. And then someone else put another, yes. another video on, and it reduced in size, yes. and the headline cut off, and it had a picture cut of... Cut off my, the SIS. Yes. 
Anyway, I then carried on all the way through the night. YSIS, rather. That's right. And um, and got right to like four or five o'clock in the evening <laughs> and was no sleep, yeah. no, just coffee and burgers and pizza and, you know, all that kind of thing. But, but nothing like that. Um, I then got on a train back to where I lived at the time. Yes. And um, I'd been in an election haze for some weeks, and I was told, oh, glad you're back, because we've got a night out booked. <gasps> I know, can you imagine the horror? Oh. I was, you know, climbing, right, okay, no, you've got, we have to, this has been booked in some time, we've got to go. Went along, and it was this weird, trippy, burlesque thing. Oh, no. And I'm still not sure it even happened. And I actually, at about half percent, I did, I had had some beer by then, this burlesque dancer was coming over to the table with that, and I just lost it. And I had to like dart out and get some fresh air. And run away. I ran away from a burlesque dancer. Wow. I think she wanted me to pop some balloons with a pin, which she was. I was worried she was going to place between my, you know, in my mouth. And a I pin. was yes. Oh. And I was not at that stage of, of lack of yeah, sleep you were not and beer. Confident. I was, that, you think well, it I, could all have gone wrong. Well, I thought I might miss the balloons. Yes. Yes. Um, but anyway, so that that's uh, that was my biggest thriller, I think, for an election. Anyway, good. It was a strange story to tell, wasn't it? It was, yeah. Anyway, Brexit of the week. Brexit of the week. Uh, should we start with Anne Widdicombe? Uh Yes, Josh's mum. Well, <laughs> so this is this is the thing that I have discovered <laughs> because I wanted to write about Anne Widdicombe <laughs> this week because of some weird things she's done. Yes, uh, and. In doing so, I was searching for Anne Widdicombe on Google, as you do, and it came up with a little box that said, people are also searching for, is Anne Widdicombe Josh Widdicombe's mum? To which the answer is, well, no, because, one, because Anne Widdicombe is Britain's most famous spinster, and before people say that's sexist, she describes herself as Britain's most famous spinster, and two, because Josh Widdicombe's surname is spelt differently to Anne Widdicombe's Uh. surname. Um, so Anne Widdicombe is not Josh Widdicombe's mum. They are not related. Uh, people are searching for this, and it is on high on Google Trends. In fact, on Google Trends, <laughs> which measures what people are searching for the most, uh, when when people the, the three things that people most ask about Josh Widdicombe are: um, is he related to Anne Widdicombe? Is number two. Number one is Josh Widdicombe tour twenty nineteen. Right. And number three. Is how tall is Josh Widdicombe? Weird. And that's so, Josh Widdicombe on tour, and how tall is Josh Widdicombe? And are these people who like stand up comedy, but only when you stand up and you're over five foot ten? Is that is that a thing? How strange. Have you put your own name into Google Trends? No, I haven't. Yes, no. you have. No, I haven't. You have? No, I have not. I've put mine in. Have you? Yeah. What does it say? First one is, is Richard Porritt serious? Is, is, is he related to Anne Widdicombe? <laughs> is Richard Porritt related to Jonathan Porritt? That's good, yeah. Um, no, no, is the answer. No, we and, know, uh, is the answer. Of and uh, is, is Richard Porritt single? <laughs> <laughs> On which list there I shall leave you guessing? Yes, exactly. Uh, until the next until podcast the, live. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Uh, when you can look at him and all doubt will be removed. But he is actually not single. It's true. It's uh, true. Uh, Never alone, often lonely. I'll tell you why I was searching for Anne Widdicombe. However, it's because... It's because um, she has, she's, she's done a couple of... Odd things, even for Anne Widdicombe. Oh, really? Uh, the first one was she appeared on a celebrity edition of The Chase. Did you see this? <laughs> With Jimmy Carr and Sam... TV presenting Jimmy. duo Sam Nixon and Mark Rhodes. Jimmy Carr's an odd chap, isn't he? Because I think, I think, he's, quite, I think he's quite funny at times. Yeah, he is funny, yeah. Um, and he's clearly done quite well for himself. Yeah, yeah. But it's like he can't say no to no. He can't, no. He's, he's, no, he's scared of not appearing on yeah, TV. Yeah, he's on all kinds of drugs. Yeah, he is, all kinds of rubbish. Anyway, he was on this. They won £100,000 oh, well for charity. They Very beat good. the young lady chaser, whose name I can't remember, the one with the beehive. That's what they used to call me in my students. The young lady chaser. <laughs> you didn't have a beehive, though, did you? They used to say to me, Richard, Beehive. Beehive. <laughs> 
Oh dear. <laughs> and <laughs> different then, times. And then at the end, they said, "Well, where do you, it's charity edition. Where do you want your money to go to?" Jimmy Card, a children's charity. Very good. One of the TV presenters, a hospital in a, a hospital in Barnsley, a hospital Fantastic. in Barnsley. Yeah, lovely. The other TV <laughs> presenter said a, a children's charity in England, mm. Britain rather. Mm. And Widdicombe <laughs> donated £25,000 to safe haven for donkeys in the Holy Land. <laughs> what about our British game show money for our British donkeys? What about our, you know, you get a lot of oats for 25000 quid, wouldn't you? That's um, first time on Widdicombe. No, I'm not going to do any oats and Widdicombe jokes. Anyway, uh, the second thing is that, do you know what a big cause celeb is? A big cause celeb at the moment is leave oh, right. the ninety-three-year-old <laughs> Nazi who's on trial. Leave him alone. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a Bruno Day. He uh-huh. was a, a, a guard at Stutthof concentration camp. Yep, I'm aware of this. Yeah. Uh, and she has written in the uh, Daily Express, uh, hauling a frail uh, non-Nigerian into court because his teenage self lacked the courage to stand up to one of the most brutal regimes in history. Smacks less of justice than of vengeance, um, and um, it's quite a contrast, isn't it, with what she recently wrote about Shamima Begum, uh, which was uh, she might have been fifteen when she went out there, but she's matured. Uh, we we are bringing the full force of the law on this girl, and I think that's right. Mm. Quite it interesting. Is. I think I think Josh Widdicombe might be quite glad that Anne Widdicombe is not his mum. I wonder what Josh Widdicombe's mum is called. Uh, I don't know. But she, she was called Anne. Yeah. <laughs> well, she is a Widdicombe, isn't she? She is a Widdicombe. The Brexiteer of the Week. Yes. The Brexiteer of the Week Go on. is, is Sajid Chavid. Oh. Because Saj. there's only one way in which... I mean, he's Chancellor in name only, isn't he, basically? Basically, Boris Johnson and Dominic Cummings are the Chancellors, and Sajid Javid is just doing their bidding, including cancelling his own budget and pretending it was his idea. I think that's fair enough. Um... Four-minute interview with Sky News. He used uh, seventeen. He, said, he mentioned "get Brexit done" seventeen times in four minutes. Uh, eight actual quotings of the slogan "get Brexit done." Nine more variants of the phrase. Same round of interviews, which was on October the twenty-fifth. He did seven uses of "get Brexit done." Six minutes of dither and delay in just eight minutes on LBC. Wow. He is like. A little. We talked about Teddy Ruxpin last week. And, did, and he is the, the sort of the, the, the parrot of Parliament, isn't he? Uh, meanwhile, by the way, Boris yes. Johnson has now said "get Brexit done." Oh, good. Forty-six times in the House of Commons <laughs> since September the third, when Are it was first ca- uh, coined for. I'd it. like to set a challenge for you to carry on counting how many times he says it in the course of the campaign it's a challenge which I will accept oh wow Uh, but for now Sajid Javid Sajid get Brexit done dither and delay Javid is the Brexiteer of the week congratulations I think that's his first time it is well done Saj I wonder who will be Christmas number one this year it would be good if we had two like in the old days when you used to have two competing Christmas songs that's right yeah if we could have two competing Christmas wouldn't it be good if they did um, like cup final songs Oh, Labour and, the, t- anymore, Labor and the Tories did, each did a song. Oh, wow. With the old sweat swing yeah, swaying. And they in put the their hands on their, on their headphones, like I'm doing now. We're for the many <laughs> and <laughs> not the few. <laughs> well, I think, I think that Christmas offers a unique opportunity for the parties. Well, what in, would be in the, the, in the run-up to get the Brexit election? Done, get Brexit done. Dee, 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 dee. Boris the PM. <laughs> But I think also, because we know now that Twitter is not allowing any political ads from the 22nd of November. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Not that I, I think Twitter was heavily used for political no, ads these no. days. Um, no. And Facebook. It was a bit of a waste of money, I think. It was. You were and I think that's Twitter. why it's easy for um, yeah, yeah, Dawny. For, for Jack, yeah, yeah. Um, whereas Facebook still makes a heck of a lot of money out of it. Yeah. But I was thinking a way but around... But it puts the pressure on them, Facebook, to stop, and I think they will have to stop eventually. I, th- I, I agree. I think this is a turning point. And I think that's the other reason that... Uh, yes, I think that is why Jack does To get, to get, to get yeah, under yeah, yeah. Uh, Zuckerberg's yeah, skin. exactly. But um, this is a potential opportunity, because what is the nation's favourite advert? In America, it's all Super Bowl adverts. Here in the UK, what advert do people and the internet wait patiently for every year? Oh, it's, of course, it's the... Um, John, is it John Lewis? It's the John Lewis ad. Yeah, now... We've had some. We've had some really good ones. We've had a creepy one with an old man checking yeah, out was, a small girl through a weird, telescope. Um, but the director of those, whoever does them, 
should do a party political broadcast for Boris or Jeremy or Joe. So all you need to do is find a song. It's better if it's about 10, 15 years old yeah. and it used to be a bit rocky. Yeah, getting a young girl in to say, get, sing it very slowly. Very slowly. So people remember it. But they, you know, and they think, oh, I remember when that was a rock song, and now I've yeah, mellowed yeah. a bit because I'm middle-aged and I like John Lewis. Well, I'm telling you. And then what could? I was thinking it could be like a, a small boy crying after someone's stolen his pocket money or something. He's, oh yeah. And then Boris comes along and, and rugby tackles him to the ground. That'd be great, wouldn't it? I mean, not the bullied kid. That would be a bad idea. It would have to be the the kid who'd stolen the money. But Boris would probably get it wrong, wouldn't he? Yeah. I don't know. Some, I just While somebody, teenage girl, is crooning bodies by the Sex Pistols very, <laughs> very slowly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't Perfect. think. Yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah. I'm going to get on the phone to Dom come and she get this sorted. She was a girl from Birmingham. <laughs> yeah, I think we'll, we'll leave that there, shall we? What should the listener do right now? <laughs> the listener should go out and don't listen to bodies. It's not. It's not a good song on that album, is it? Uh, but you should um, you should go to your podcatcher of choice leave a lovely review for us what's your favourite review of last week you had a great review didn't you my favourite review of last week was um, a gentleman who <laughs> I presume isn't, well he can't be in this country the review was and I'm paraphrasing so apologies if it's your review and I, I love it so well done you're on the pod it said I, I literally refuse to listen to anything else that's good <laughs> anything not my bird family, song the bird song <laughs> but then, but then it my says children when are you going to come out to texas to uh, do a it. live pod okay so great well we'd be delighted to do i'm not sure if we'd get much of an audience apart from the chapel will listen to nothing else as but you our know voices. we only fly business class though <laughs> yes. especially when frank boff is poor old frank <laughs> Leave us he a did look in a bit of a did state, he, he wow. did, yeah. Poor old Frank. Uh, yes, he'd been in there for a lot longer than me. Um, so you could leave us a lovely review, like that one. Yeah. Um, you can join the New European Facebook Readers Group. You can simply uh, give the old thumbs up on Facebook yeah. to the New European. <laughs> Subscribe to the New European. That is pretty edition. It's, it's awesome. Yeah. What a thing it is. Yeah. A thing of greatness. Yeah. Uh, great front cover with Boris Johnson's face crossed out on it this week. Uh, and you can follow the New European on Twitter, at the New European. Follow me on Twitter, if you like, at Sanglesey, S-A-N-G-L-E-S-E-Y. Or follow me, at Porritz, P-O-R-R-I-T-T. That was the New European Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. If you haven't already, go out and buy the printed product. It's £3. It's in all good estate agents now. Lots of politics, lots of Brexit, but not just that. There's arts and culture as well. We will be back next week. Until then, Mr Campbell, blow your bagpipes. Here you go. Confidence starts with loving who you are. And when your skin feels nourished and glows on the outside, you naturally radiate confidence from the inside. Give your skin a glow up with Osea's clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This ultra-hydrating body care features two of Osea's best sellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. These seaweed-powered heroes use skincare-level ingredients normally reserved for your face for results you can see and confidence you can feel. Osea has been making clean, clinically proven seaweed-infused face and body care products for over 28 years. This luxurious skincare is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com, code GLOW.